Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Mean it! Say it again! The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Don't, not sexy, like real. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Nailed it. And we're rolling. Welcome back, buddy. What's up? Man, so, New Year's resolution for Dave Stone listen to more jam bands. Well, you yeah, just man. To me before we hit record. <laughs> new year, new me. Turning into a real big hippie. Uh, man, Dave Stone with a hula hoop and braids in his beard. <laughs> Got to get a hacky sack. Who would have thought? Uh, patchouli. Just, just out hugging, hugging intruders. Street, street hugger, Dave. <laughs> it's okay, man. The street, the one. night, the night hugger of Long Beach, Dave Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, I, uh, yeah, that's how I've spent my uh, holiday break, is just uh, listening to Allman Brothers and Widespread Panic and Government Mule. I'm, uh, I'm really having fun over here, Kyle. I didn't, really you know what? I really need something to do. You might be onto something, maybe that's the power of the quarantine, is that it's time to just let down our guards about stuff we might have had, and like, just get into shit, man. Like, I'll, like, yeah. occasionally, like, now with, serious radio with xm radio like i'll like oh there's a grateful mm-hmm. dead channel and i won't realize that that's what i've clicked through and i'm on i'm like oh this song's good it's the grateful dead i'm like yeah how for how long i'm like nope everything they've done sucks like they've so prolific and i'm gonna say it all sucks but then sublime covers scarlet begonias i'm like ah this song's pretty good i may have bought a grateful dead record over the break so yeah i'm leaning leaning into it me i bought american beauty reissue uh, it's good. It's good stuff. That's the beauty. Not to sound like like obvious statement here, but that's that's why I love music and records so much because it's such a vast array of of choices that it's it's a it's a contained um, venture into getting into new stuff. Like without having to like really get into new stuff. Like oh, I'm into comic books now or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but within the context of records. Like what I've done recently. Oh, I'm I'm getting into jam bands, and the last few months I'm really getting into jazz. I didn't know shit about jazz a couple of years ago, but it's mm-hmm. just it's fun to kind of go off in all these different directions, and it's still under one umbrella of like oh, I'm just listening to music. But you know, instead of weaning myself off of just the same five bands that I've listened to for the last twenty years, let's uh, yeah. let's, let's have some fun. Let's experiment. Let's see what else is out there. And well, dude, I'll, I'm having a blast. Credit- credit to you for like you sit and you listen to music like i can see how easy it is to dismiss music because you listen to it in the car and it's in traffic and it's not the type of vibe you want while you're in traffic or you're listening to it while you exercise and it's too mellow to exercise you know Mm -hmm. so the art of sitting and listening to an album as it wasn't intended i think that's what the vinyl folks i'm sure you i'm not i'm not a vinyl guy i've spoken my piece on that but just to give the opportunity to let the music be its own thing, man. Yeah. Like yeah not, just not, not background noise for the activity mm-hmm. you're doing. And quarantine. Exactly. Like, okay, you're sitting around today. It's okay. Put on a record, yeah. sit there, be stoned, listen to the record. Yeah, not I think that that's a, the... Not that you had a hard time doing that before. <laughs> but no, that's a great point. Is For me now, at least when I'm listening to records, it's 
the roles are reversed. The music is not the background. It's it's the foreground. And then sometimes, like I think I told you before, my, my new thing I love is to just get high, listen to records, and then I'll watch like a nature doc or something on mute. And, and now the TV yeah. is the background instead of the focal point. So uh, I really enjoy that. And it's crazy, too, how, how often uh, the video syncs up with the music. I mean, a lot of that's just in your mind. You're just you know, having an audio-visual sync- orgy over there by yourself. <laughs> but, dude, I've done nothing for three weeks, but I barely left the house. Uh, dude, just just cooking and listening to records and hanging out with my pups. Or my one pup, my other two cats, but it's just, it's just crime having a blast. running rampant. Crime is running rampant in the streets because you're in the house. <laughs> yeah, take a break for the holidays. But yeah, man, having fun. How, how about you? How was your break? Any exciting stuff going on? It's good. I, I, I'll say, I uh, man, I uh, seasonal affective disorder, buddy. Woof. Yeah. What a yeah, very you're, real thing. <laughs> Well, you, yeah. you moved away from that, from leaving Chicago, and now you're back into that up there. Huh? I thought maybe I'd, I'd beat it. Like, oh, I'll first say the holidays were a great time, very fun. Yeah. Just hanging out. I mean, for what it, for what it is, for being a, a situation we're all in, it was nice. I never had. I always went back to, I've only spent one Christmas not with my parents. Oh, yeah? And that was in Utah when I was with Rachel's family a few years back. So this uh-huh. is the first Christmas. Like, Outside of that, this is the first Christmas where I've been in a place where I'm living in, having uh-huh. a Christmas. That's fun. That's fun. And it was it was nice. We finally we we went. We got a tree. Because I kept thinking, like, <laughs> oh man, what like what are we get a tree for? Who cares? Because in my head, even though I know I wasn't leaving, in my head I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to be here for Christmas. Nobody's at home for Christmas. We always travel. It's like, no, no, we're going to be here. So we yeah. went out and got a tree, and and Rachel decorated real nice and. I I mentioned something about tracksuits, so she got me, I think, about eight different tracksuits to try. Oh, man. And then I settled on one. I think I'm going, I think I'm going, like, full 80s Beastie Boys fashion. Okay. 80s and early 90s Beastie Boys fashion. Like the Adidas tracksuits? Yeah, this one's by some, by some other company, but it's, uh, I'll say, it's real fresh, man. It's, it's fresh as hell, dude. Yeah. And I told you, I've, I've been wanting to get one. I've been, I want to join that that club, the track because club. because you could either do athlete or gangster. Uh huh. You know, athlete, hip hop, old school hip hop, athlete, or like Jersey scum or couch potato. Cool. Yeah, couch and potato. I'm I'm That's definitely yeah more Jersey scum. Actually, when I put it, I look more like um, I definitely look like I'm just gonna like. Uh, you know, bare knuckle box on an a- in an alley in Dublin <laughs> when I put it on and lose and lose the fight. But I I, I like it because it's like not all the way Halloween costume because it's still a functional uh-huh. outfit. It's, but you kind of like get a little attitude when you put it on. You know, like when you yeah. put on a suit or something for a wedding, you're like, uh oh, I'm dressed up. Yeah, the ru- the rules are changing a little. You know, you know. Well. I came to the conclusion that I need one because I'm still sitting out on my stoop in my camping chair. Not not as frequently as I used to over the summer, but I still go out there a couple times a week. And shorts is no good because I like to do the I like to prop my my right leg up on my left leg. Do you know what I mean? Like the um, couple extra Christmas ornaments out there. Exactly, and because of the (laughs) the way I'm elevated, my my balls 
are eye level to any passerbys. And uh, so I was like, well, I, I got to have pants. And I was like, I, I don't want to go out and get sweatpants. So why don't just go the whole tracksuit route? That way, not only are my balls concealed, but I look fresh. And that's part important. of that. Part of that I blame on the viewer. Because if you're on your property, <laughs> that's what I always wondered about the legality being nude in your own home. Eh, if you're naked in know. your own home and somebody sees you, like now, now I'm not saying do it like as a, like a state of defiance or anything and like decency laws, but where does that mm-hmm. fall in the terms of personal property? I, I went down a wormhole of like looking up Ruby Ridge and not to say that Waco, <laughs> not to say that Waco and Ruby Ridge uh, are on the same <laughs> level <laughs> level of, of defiance as uh, being nude in your own home, but you Government's know, gonna like, ne- not going to make me cover up my balls. But like, if it's your property and you're doing what you want, like you're not somebody's looking into your property, so that's the crime on yeah. their part is that they're peeping into your property. Yeah. I think like a lot of legal stuff, I think intent, it probably has to do with intent. Like if you're, you know, if you just mop, if you like doing your chores in your own home in the nude, that's one thing. But if you got your nuts pressed up against the window when the school bus pulls up, you know, that's a different story. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I will say this is a lesson I've learned at an old apartment, but if you're in a city living situation or anywhere, go walk across the street and look into your house at night with the lights on and mm-hmm. find out. Yep. Not even just for nudity's purposes, but just to find out what people can or can't see from a distance, you know, across. I think that's just a good safety measure. Yeah, you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be very surprised at what you think people <laughs> can or can't see and then go and actually look into your own home and be like, oh, they're seeing everything. Yeah, I do that a lot. I do r- routine checks of of the house and the property from from the street. And I'm real uh, I'm real cognizant routine, of that. Balls out, balls out, standing across <laughs> the street, just making sure my privacy is res- you know maintained while I stand okay, on your stoop with my balls out. Could you see my nuts from over there? Um, hey, no, do but me a like, solid. Hey, do me a solid, would you? <laughs> Oh, but no, we have so many weirdos in this neighborhood and, uh, and the way our apartment's set up, you know, we're not in a building per se where you have to, uh, there's multiple, uh, doors and gates to get through. Like we're, my door opens right up to the sidewalk. Yeah. So, uh, and the way our lighting is and stuff and the way the the apartment's slightly Mm -hmm. elevated, like it's really lit up when the windows are open at night. So as soon as the sun goes down, man, I'm locking everything, all the windows and shades and, and the, uh, the curtains all, all get locked down just cause I don't want some, you know, I don't want somebody looking in, seeing all my records or my TV or something. It's like, Oh, all right. That's a good seeing, place to burglarize. Seeing the valuable. Yeah. And then being able to be like, Oh, look at these people leave their, my mom, my mom always sits in the kitchen with the blinds open and it's like this crow's nest the way the house I grew up in is set up. So it looks like it's on a second story, but it's not what the house is just on a little bit of an incline. It's at the top of the driveway. Yeah. But she's always there. She's always sitting in the same place every night. Anybody walking around is going to see her sitting there in the same place every night. <sighs> and some kids threw an egg at the window one night, scared the shit out of her, uh, which as much as I'm uh, like, that's 
shitty. I'm like, that's it's an egg. Like, that's what kids do. Not to say it's mm-hmm. right, but like, it was not, I don't think it was with intent to harm or anything. But I'm like, yeah, people see you in, like, teenagers are sociopaths. Yeah. Like, by nature, they're, they're sociopaths. I was. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Halloween night past 11 p.m. is just nothing but teenage sociopaths out destroying yeah. property. So, but I was like, yeah, people can see in here. It's just, she's like, why? She couldn't understand. Why would they do that? I'm like, it's not personal. You're just a person to fuck with. And sometimes yeah. that's all teenagers need is just someone to You're fuck there. with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to say, no, not to, not to, not victim blaming. No, I'm not saying it's right, but it's, that was, that was what was up. And it was eggs. So it's like, oh, the most, the, the, the most harmless ammo of teenagers. I feel like of a bygone era, to be honest, with how woke the kids are. I think they wouldn't be wasting yeah. food or they organic eggs. You know, what is it? <laughs> but, oh, uh, man. Well, are you still, are you still treadmilling? Oh yeah, still treadmill. Tre- treadmill. Uh, not gonna make it an official. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions, but I'm gonna see how long. I haven't had booze this year, so I'm gonna <clears> take <throat> a break from that just to see, you know, for the health benefits. And uh, I, I've been treadmilling, but I, uh, I, I think my problem with the treadmill is I, I've been using that as a uh, not an excuse, but like a. Because I'm treadmill, I'm like, oh, I don't have to watch my diet because I'm working out every day and I'm burning calories. So have you made it to running usual. yet? Have you made it <laughs> yeah, to running yeah, I have, on the treadmill? I have started running. You'd be oh, proud. That's, good. I've started. that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got this program called the Running Diet. There's actually this thing called the Running Diet. And I know that sounds dumb because it's just, just go run, idiot. But like they, they've got it all mapped out, like you're, you know, day one through day 30 each month, like how much you should run, what days you should take off. So I've started doing that, but uh, my diet's just been chaos, especially over the holidays. Holidays, buddy. I'm just, yeah, I've just been eating like I'm trying to win a contest. But uh, so with the new year, I'm going to keep the treadmill going. I'm going to drop the booze for a while, try to to get a little more strict on the carbs and see if I can actually uh, make some of this sweat pay off. So, yeah, man. What's uh, what's your distances? How, How far are you running here? Oh, the most I can do is about two miles before I want to vomit. So um, that's a good, that, yeah. dude. That's solid, and it still shakes the house quite a bit. <laughs> well, sure, it's, it's intense. Maybe you should, maybe you but, should uh, crack the blinds a little bit so people know you're not cooking meth in there. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not we rumbling doing... from a drug lab. It's just old Dave <laughs> clomping on the peloton. Goes, she said, "Is the is it supposed to squeak like that?" I'm like, "Yeah, when I'm on it, it is." So I've, I, I, I lived with a with a dude for a few months who had like a tiny gym and a spare bedroom and had a treadmill in there, and I always had headphones in. And then I took the headphones out one day. I was like, "This is horrifying." <laughs> this yeah, this sounds like it sounds like the movie The Burbs. It sounds like the Clopex basement. <laughs> It definitely just oh, sounds man. like some weird or like um, uh, antique machinery, like an antique uh, kiln. What do they call? What do they call for uh, uh, cooking people? Jesus Christ! I don't talk uh, to cooking, anybody oh, anymore, Dave. A cauldron? 
No. <laughs> Kiln. But not to eat. Kiln's to a berry. To the fucking oh, cremation. Oh, incinerator? Incinerator? Yeah. yeah, okay. Holy fuck. <laughs> uh, that's okay, oh. buddy. I don't talk. What'd you yeah, do? Yeah. What'd you do over the... Going, I saw those crab batty. legs. That's yeah, right, crab buddy. legs, man. Talk Dude, to me about king, these crab king legs. crab legs. Oh, and, boy. Uh, yeah, I think I think the flavor of a crab leg alone is mm-hmm. what's got me from becoming fully vegetarian. Dude. I, I mean, fish is cool. good. I like fish. But, oh, but any it. shellfish, any type of crab... Anything like that. Oysters, mussels, clams, but those I, king crabs, man. Those, you get one that the leg, it's like as big as your forearm. Oh boy. Dip that it thing was, in some butter. I've, I had to figure like size wise, because I'm like, I don't know how much I'm eating. I'm just, you know, just shucking uh-huh. and jamming them in my mouth. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like looking at the size of what I'm eating. I'm like, oh, I probably ate like nine hot dogs. Yeah. Because that's the size of the healthier. meat that was coming out of there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as dense, though. I don't know. So good, man. Oh, boy. Crab. Where did you, I, I, y'all get I them? Ate did you them. get mail order? No, there's a... Uh, well, I, went, I, I, I went to Costco. Okay. I mean, even Costco, King Crab Legs. Uh-huh. On the holidays. Not, but was like, oh, it's Christmas. We're going for it. And her brother and her brother and... Her, her, her brother's wife came over. So that's our little bubble up here that we hang out with. Okay, cool. And occasionally old uh, <clears throat> Sean Jordan, the dank one. If we go yeah. Out, and out social distance drink once every few months. There you go. Um, what uh, yeah, so there, what'd you have with Jap- the crab legs? Well, well first off, there, so I got one thing from Costco, but Rachel's sister-in-law was a little worried about him because somebody had gotten sick on the ones from Costco. But I'm like, I'll roll the mm-hmm. dice on these Costco crab legs. Nobody uh-huh. got sick. But the rest of them, we, I got one package there. They got more packages from, uh, there's like a Japanese grocery store around here, which is just a fun little vacation. If you go, if you can go take, <laughs> just weird. I mean, I've, I've done my bit about the Korean fish market and everything. But as far as just a little, like, you want to feel like, you want to get a chore done but feel like you're traveling, go to a, a foreign supermarket. Go to like an Indian That's grocery store point. or something. Yeah. And smell the different yeah. smells, see the different things, and it's like it's like a real low-budget Epcot Center. Oh, dude. If you want to do that. Dude, Atlanta, Atlanta, we had a place. It's probably still there, uh, but Atlanta folks are familiar with Buford Highway, just a little, little northeast of town. And... Uh, that whole area is where, like, just a huge influx of immigrants of all types from all over the world. I don't know why they land there, but just, mm-hmm. I mean, 50 different ethnicities. Uh, and uh, I think it's called the, uh, I think it's just called the Buford Highway uh, Farmer's Market. And it's, but it's not a farmer's market in the traditional sense. It's a, it's a regular brick and mortar that's there seven days a week. And, it, but it's the size of a major gro- grocery store. But it's it's that kind of stuff, like one whole section of Japanese, one whole section of Philippine, one whole section of, you know, you name it. And uh, just the weirdest, coolest, strangest stuff that I've ever seen there. I mean, it's it's insane. Yeah. I love well, even if you shit. don't buy something, just go get, get ideas, you know. 
Yeah. Especially now if you're feeling a little uh, cooped up and you got to go to the store anyway. Yeah. So what'd you have with the uh, crab legs? Any any side uh, dishes? We do a crabs like uh, we uh Rachel Rachel had some more of attrition with uh, a potato dish. <laughs> what happened? Where, what was she making? They were called uh they were, it was some sort of like it wasn't quite a scallop potato. Uh-huh. It, I don't know. It was something, but I thought they were good. They just be. We didn't realize that there was a convection oven on the setting, just blowing, ah, blowing hot air over everything. But I thought they were fine. She wasn't happy with them, but everybody else thought they tasted good. And then there was some. Um, what else did we have? I love a good scallop potato. I don't remember. We just been eating good the past couple weeks. Her dad had sent me <clears throat> some like. Real nice seafood for for Christmas, and we had a like halibut halibut cuts. Oh man! That we rubbed in some seasoning that turned out real good. Gifted Rachel, seafood Rachel those is always up. nice. New Year's Eve, what do we do? New Year's Eve, we had crab cakes on New Year's Eve. Ooh, with some Brussels sprouts and um, something else. My memory's shit, Dave. I'm rotting. I'm rotting. That's all right. This, What's going on with I you over there? I can't remember. You talk about not going outside, Dave. You got to go outside. If you can, do it. It just rains yeah. every day here. It's just rain. Yeah. I bought rain That's gear true. just I so did. I could ride my bike in the rain. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to because I don't <laughs> have a choice. I was telling you off air that uh, Katie's been gone for a week. Uh, about once a month, every other month or so. Uh, her nephew now lives with her dad, or the nephew lives with his grandfather. and uh, But his dad lives up in seattle or something anyway about once every six weeks the nephew leaves for a week and then uh grandpa can't be he's he's 79 and fragile you know he's still recouping from breaking his breaking his hip a year ago so he can't really be left alone so uh about once a month katie has to go over there for a week and uh she takes charlie with him she dropped him off this morning early because she had uh, her fitness classes are starting back up this week so she can't she she don't want to leave Charlie with with her dad because he yells at the dog and cusses at it. Anyway, yeah. my point is, uh, up until today, for like the past seven days, there's been no Katie, no Charlie, and uh, boy, I've just really turned into a piece of shit. I I went there was a three day span. There was a three day span where I <laughs> three day span where I literally didn't leave the house, not like drive anywhere, go literally didn't go outside. And it just hit me like, what are you doing, man? You got to. So finally, the fourth day, uh, even though I didn't, you know, when Charlie's here, he he takes care of that because I got to take him out multiple times a day, whether I want to or not. But when he's gone, there's no no real reason to go outside. So the fourth day, I just made myself go on a long walk uh, on the beach. So that was nice. But uh, yeah, I, I don't do well completely. Um, I mean, I do well. I'm fine. My mental health is great. All I do is get high and listen to records. But uh well, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's really good for me to not leave the house for three or four days in a row. But your men, what's your what's your shower regimen? That's what that's what I want to know. What's your bathing regimen? Oh, uh, twice a day. I, I yeah. I really. I, I take one. Oh yeah, I take one after the treadmill, and then at least uh, one other uh, time during the day, I take a, a recreational shower. I love a. I think we talked about that, but yeah, dude. Especially if you got your, got a little gummy, hot water on the ball shower. Oh, dude, get out of town. Your torture yeah. shower? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hot water on the balls, man. See how see how fucking hot I can take it. Oh, it's, yeah. But uh, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm staying I'm, clean. My mind my mind is healthy. But uh, when Katie's not here, man, I take it's just two like, showers Whoa. a day. One of them's just to scald my testicles with hot water. But my mind's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Sure, dude. Sure, dude. Pinnacle, pinnacle of psychological well-being when you when you blister your genitals on a daily basis. Oh God. Oh, it's it's great, man. I highly recommend it. Oh, it's a good time. No, but my point is, I I love I love a good shower, man. I well, you know what that is? That's it doesn't sound like a good shower. That's four years of not having my own shower in the van and having to wade through a gauntlet of old Russian dicks and balls just to get to the shower at the LA Fitness. Uh, so now that I have my own running water. Oh boy! Anytime I want, I hop in there. Yeah, so that I think that's what that is—just okay, just shitting sense. and showering all day. No one could stop me. So yeah, look at this. Things are good. Forcing dumps out. <laughs> <laughs> things are good, man. Just eating mucilix for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have an all-fiber oh. diet, just so you can have you. Hot ball oh, showers man. and loose dumps whenever you want. I'm on, yeah, I, I'm on every other day right now. And there's no activity yeah. every other day. And trust me, there's no activity. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't find it uh, f- relaxing and fun to just get in there and... Plus, we got this new soap. Katie's getting all this fancy hippie, uh, oh, new soap. artisan homemade soap. It's, everything smells like uh, spearmint and rosemary. Oh, dude, get in there, okay. lather up the beer with a little rosemary soap. Get it hot as I can stand it. And just waste water for about fifteen minutes. Oh, dude, all right, it's well, a good time. that okay? I'm because um, my shit's out of control right now. My beard, I haven't, I haven't touched anything on my head. Yeah, your beard's grooming. Your beard's getting in crazy, yeah. dude. It's, since it's July, I love it. Since since July, I haven't touched. You got but a I bit mean, of a Ted Kaczynski thing going on. It's you've. I'm not. You've sure. literally not done anything since July. You haven't trimmed Nothing. anything. I trim my wow. ear hair, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. You like I get grossed out if my ear hair is too long. I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. Meanwhile, my beard and the back of my head hair. Have connected underneath my. I have like a helmet. Oh, so you're growing the hair out too? <laughs> yeah, I haven't touched anything. I got a real uh, dude, like Robert Duvall in a scumbag role is the <laughs> hair that I have. Like, there's a little bit on top that when I push it back, it just it just sticks to my scalp. Uh huh. And it's it's like yeah, the best I could hope for is like a aging Robert Duvall head of hair. Yeah, but. Rachel Dude. got me like, because you know we're both not about, um, like beard culture stuff. Uh huh. Like yeah. I have a beard, but I'm not going to celebrate it with all these products or anything. Yeah, yeah. But so first off, I'll say shout out to a sponsor we probably still don't have anymore, but Manscape. Remember oh, they yeah. sent us stuff a few months back. Oh yeah, I, I got that uh, lawnmower or whatever the hell they call it. 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, I used great. that. Yeah, I, I trimmed up down south because that was getting. Yeah. That was just, it, it yeah, was just yeah. looking like a, a like a, a poorly cleaned corn on the cob. It was just, <laughs> just a lot of I just, mean, as a, as a courtesy, you gotta, you gotta take care of that stuff. That's what it was. It was like just so many silky pubes just sticking to it. And it was gross. <laughs> it was real gross. Dude, I think you should grow your hair out. I remember about 10 years ago, you had grown out the, the back and, uh, you look like uh, you had the you had the George Carlin do, which I thought I, I liked it. I think it looked. I think you pulled it off, man. It's well, I appreciate it for for some reason. Rachel keeps encouraging it, and I don't know why. I don't know if there's going to be like a, a very quick turnaround of like, and I'm leaving you because you look like this. I'm like, but you told me to do this for the past six months. <laughs> but no, that's like. But she got me like beard shampoo and conditioner, which I used it. That's uh-huh. nice. It's yeah, nice. some of that stuff's nice. Yeah, I don't need so I, all the oils it. and shit. You know, some but, of the stuff makes your beard greasy. Well, it's because you're probably using, like, the oil, you're only supposed to use a couple drops. Even though your beard's huge, yeah. only a couple drops. Uh-huh. So I'm using I'm using some of the stuff that uh, that she got me, and then I realized I had all this stuff that people had sent us. Uh-huh. And, it's, uh, and it's nice, and especially when you got free time and nothing else, and you're feeling a little blue. To pamper yourself a little, do a little yeah, yeah. Spot everybody deserves a spa day. It's not just a beer in a shower, but sometimes <laughs> it's after it's a beer on the sink while you're putting nice products and moisturizing and doing nice things for your face. Because I'm looking pretty haggard when I only fall asleep at five thirty in the morning every night, even though I try to go to bed before midnight. So that's your new thing. You're trying to go to bed before midnight. I'm trying because it's so easy to. Just like you wake up and it's just gray. Like it never mm-hmm. feels like the daytime here. Yeah. It never feels like, oh, it's sunny out and it's the daytime. It's time for you to do things. It just feels like there's perpetual dusk for the most part. And especially, and then when you don't have anything to do, why would you get out of bed? You know, <laughs> like really, what? Like really? Yeah. There, There's no work to do. There's not, there's no, uh-huh. like... And so the motivation before, even when it was like rainy, but it was still 60 degrees or in the 50s, I'm like, all right, when it's a drizzly, I'm going to go ride bikes. And so I'll get up to do that. And now there's like no motivation to get out of bed. So I'm like, well, at least Mm -hmm. let's try going to sleep earlier. So when we do wake up, we're more conscious at 9 a.m. As opposed to like, oh, hungover, of course I'm going to lay in bed till 2 but I I'm having a drink now, but I haven't drank since New Year's Eve. I think I had a beer or something. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I, I'm trying to fight this uh, this seasonal de- uh, affective disorder. It's a real thing. It's not permanent, uh-huh. but man, it's such a weird feeling to. Uh, and I'm sure to empathize with anybody with like clinical depression. Everything on paper is fine, yet you still mm-hmm. can't be happy about it. I've got nothing to complain about. I have no reason to be bored. I have books. I have guitars that I should still be learning, although pretty far along on Panama by Van Halen, which I am proud of myself. Not the solo, but the chords. Um, Video games. There's still things to do inside, but it's like to get motivated and excited about doing that stuff is kind of tough. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I used to, uh, when I was younger... 
I don't know. I I still have somewhat of a pragmatic brain, but especially when I was younger, like in my 20s, it was like, what do you got to be depressed about? And then mm-hmm. as you get older, you're like, oh, yeah, sometimes people are depressed for no fucking reason. That's why it's depression. As opposed a to macho I'm upset yeah. about. Yeah. And uh, like you don't, I totally you don't get, get to it. be sad. You're a dude. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's our parents' generation of, you know, rub some dirt on it and walk it off. But, uh, yeah, mm. I mean, fortunately, I, I, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I, I don't, I'm lucky that I haven't really suffered from it too bad uh, in recent years, but uh, I totally get it. Like, well, uh, California, on paper, man. everything's, yeah. Just because everything on paper is fine doesn't mean that, uh, I mean, especially this year. I mean, it's redundant, but just fucking well, but that's around why, like, the world. Th- this should be awesome. Because even when it was nice, I'm like, ah, oh, just go sit outside and read a book. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm a little sore or something. I don't feel like riding a bike. I'm going to sit out. I'm going to read a book just sitting outside. Like, that's not even a thing. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just it always feel it, it never it feels like it the day starts as dusk. Mm-hmm. Like the day starts with a greenness of like the sun's going down soon. <laughs> Even here, uh, you know, it's obviously sunny most of the time, but just the fact that in the winter, I think it's getting a little better now in, in January, but like November, it felt like it was getting dark at like four thirty, four forty five. And that's funny that you mentioned that you're trying to go to bed earlier because I'm doing that too. That's not like one of my actual res- uh, resolutions, but it's goddamn these kids. Can you hear these kids just raising hell outside? They're so cute. Kids They're are so out there loud. raising hell. Dave, shake just your balls at <laughs> Get out They're there in your shorts, fucking, shake your balls at them. Just little the little street. maniacs. They just scream. Oh, to 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 be that agent to just scream with glee all the time. Uh, anyway, what I was saying you is, don't know your, you don't know your limits yet. You got to find out your own volume control. <laughs> um, but that's something I'm trying to do is go to bed earlier. Because man, like I used to stay up till four or five o'clock on the regular, and then yeah, you I sleep till ten or eleven, and then when the sun goes down at four thirty, it just feels like what where, where'd the day go? Like. I'm just getting into my day, and now the sun's going down. So going to bed earlier so I can get up earlier and enjoy more of a regular schedule. But uh, what, and I'll defend. I'll still defend being like a night creature mm-hmm. because there is something there is something for creativity when it oh absolutely night and everybody's asleep, and so your yeah. thoughts, like especially if you're like a creative person or trying to write bits or whatever, where your thoughts might be put into check. By oh, there's the mailman. Oh, there's a UPS mm-hmm. truck. There's something happening that's part of the real world at night when everybody else is asleep. It's like your your boundaries expand on what you can imagine, you know. Which Absolutely. is could be cause it's like a scary thing. Obviously, the darkness mm-hmm. is like why like scaries and ghouls and goblins and the or- origin of this whole podcast is nighttime stuff. But also like <clears throat> writing bits where the weirder ideas don't seem as weird because you don't hear kids playing outside mm-hmm. or an airplane going overhead. Yeah. So I definitely buy into that. I, I've always liked writing real late at night. Just, yeah, there's just some psychological effect of like most of the world, or at least most of the people in my time zone are asleep right now, but not me. Yeah. It's like free license to be a little lab. bit weirder than normal. Mm-hmm. What'd you do uh new year's Eve? New Year's Eve, what we had? We had a crab cake 
the crab cake. I'm not. I'm purposely not asking you about what you've made because that'll be the crescendo oh. of the episode, Dave. Because <laughs> let's be. I'm on the Reddit, and and by the way, mm-hmm. Dave controls the Instagram feed. So thanks for putting a little b- birthday post up there. I appreciate that. Absolutely. That nice, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and and uh, and the Reddit is just it's just pictures of beautiful food. Really? So that's why I'm saving. Like you're. That's going to be the crescendo. Yeah, people are okay. People are going at it on these biscuits, Dave. Oh yeah, you'd be proud. I think that's you'd be nice. proud. I gotta get on there. I get on there and poke you're, around. The word the word of Dave is being spread. <laughs> I I do enjoy that. Like uh, I've gotten a lot of uh, in the last few weeks. People send me pics of stuff that uh, they made from my recipe books and stuff like that. So that's always cool. Every now and then, it's like, eh, you didn't do that right, but hey, way to go. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to critique somebody when they uh, reach out to show me. But every now and then, you're, like somebody sent some biscuits the other day, and it was like, yikes, you forgot the uh, baking soda. But Well, uh, that's but listen, we allow some mistake. Uh, cooking is a very intimidating thing, Dave. I'll speak mm-hmm. for myself, but it's... Because the idea that somebody's going to eat it, it's not like building a birdhouse or something. True. You know, you could do everything right, and then something, like Rachel with the potatoes, which were still, oh, yeah. again, tasted well, but, like, for some reason, the top burnt, and then the thing didn't cook because it's an electric stove. Didn't realize there was a confection or whatever I said it was setting. <laughs> Convection. Convection, Yeah. With a v. We didn't know. We didn't buy the stove. Huh. We didn't know that that was even the button was even pushed. Huh. So something, something minimal for getting one little tiny, you know, half teaspoon of whatever could fuck an entire oh, thing yeah. up. And when you're trying to do that, oh, on top of make other things, and then it's got to not only pass your test but make other people not just accept it but be like, this is good. There's a lot of mm-hmm. pressure on the concept of cooking from people that have not oh, yeah. done it. So yeah, kudos to anybody out there venturing forth for the first time. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's it's uh, it's art that you can eat. It's you building something and then you shove it in your mouth. I love it. Well, Santa Claus, good to you. Well, Rachel Claus got like I said. I got the jumpsuits. I got a lot of beard scrub. Nice. Okay. So I'm look, I'm looking real fresh. Nice. I'm looking dope. <laughs> she got me. It's gonna be tracksuits from like the last thirty years, like different eras to see what work. Got a couple. How of many? Reebok, how many different tracksuits? I got two different Reebok tracksuits that made me just look like uh, Ukrainian Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> so those didn't. Those didn't make the cut. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of real poofy, a lot of real poofy polyester stuff. But she's like, she's like, there. I know some of these aren't going to work. I just got a bunch, full well knowing that we're going to return most of them. Like, okay. But um, this one, you're going to do. Gr- you <laughs> you got to do the Tony Soprano move where you wear the track pants and then you get you. I know you can't call it wife beater anymore, but get you a little tight uh, white under undershirt tank top. Rock well, that, no, maybe, that's maybe a gold chain. That's gold. Ch- I think chain because I mean, I've been wearing a necklace for a couple of years now, but I think I might throw some more like subtle jewelry. I've been trying to get into the ring world a little bit because I kind of like the. 
like you know what? I got the t- I got enough tattoos, and I'm not really psyched about just throwing more shit on for the sake of throwing more shit on tattoo wise. Uh huh. But like, you can throw a ring on and change up an attitude of an outfit right away. That's true. I you that's throw- something I have n- no knowledge of. Is I, I I've never gotten into the jewelry game, but I I admire people who do. You throw, Dave, you as yourself, you throw one pinky ring on, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tilt your whole attitude, man. I think I was with you when you decided to go with the earring, if I'm yeah, not Ra- mistaken. Rachel's like, you should put an earring in there. So like, once, also, once you're with somebody, so the idea that uh, someone you're with suggesting a thing, you're like, yeah, because I'm not trying to attract anybody else. And if you find yeah. us attractive, let's go for it. And I already, I had, we were in the, I already uh, had earrings. So, <laughs> yeah, I think we were. Wasn't it uh, on that Hawaii trip where you were like, "I think I'm going to get an earring," because you already had the whole. No, it was a ring. I bought a earlier. ring. I bought a oh, ring. ring. Okay, I don't know why I thought that's when you started rocking the earring. No, it was a ring. Okay, maybe it, it is because it was like ring. some Hawaiian ring, and I tried to wear it as a pinky ring, and I just look like I just look like acoustic guitar date rapist with that <laughs> ring. But I, I'm glad I have it because it's a it's a memento from that trip. But if you got mm-hmm. fat hands, you can do a if you got skinny hands, you can't do a pinky ring. Yeah, fat well, hands, absolutely, you could do a fat pinky hands. Ring. You got huh. you got strong hands. You throw like just a like a pinky ring with something on it. Can't just be a ring, but like something like a design. It's a little mafia. But you're yeah. not mafia. You're just fucking country, and that's country as shit too. <laughs> Throwing a little flash out there, country dudes were so, just country dudes were like just like the hip hop dudes where they got a little bit of money. Oh yeah, and spent it on flash. You know <laughs> what? What is the uh, the pinky ring like? What? And I don't mean this in a negative way, but like, what's the point? Like, what what are you going for when you put on a pinky ring? It's a man's decoration. Uh-huh. Like what, you know how you choose your tattoos or what type of haircut you want or anything? It's a little bit uh-huh. of decoration. Now, it okay. can be flash. Okay. It can be flashy. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be, though. It can be subtle. It could still be gold, but it could be, like, subtle. Okay. And I think it would. you would pull it off, too. Because then there's a little badassery to a pinky ring. Especially, like I said, little guys or skinny fellas or like I have slender hands doesn't work. Hmm. But chubby hands, I think you need a pinky ring if you got chubby hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That would be something. Yeah, I've never had any rings, no necklaces. I don't even wear a watch. I, I just... I've never had any interest. But hey, like I said before, with the jazz and the and the jam band stuff... You know, I'm I'm open. There's no telling the jazz what path and I'm going to travel down. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's time to get you weird. If you're going to do a tracksuit, throw some throw some other decoration on there. Yeah, that's true. I'm sending you an email right now. You got me thinking when you said uh, um, country flash. These old country artists, man, you got to see this fucking video of David Allen well, co- Coe. Well, because that was the thing, I'll like about about hip hop. It was you know, or any any culture. If you came from 
poverty and then made some mm. money, you kind of were, you were proud of yourself and you wanted to let people know. Yeah. So now whether that developed as a car with rims or a car with giant bullhorns on the front of it, it was the same idea of letting people know that you were successful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't shine shoes no more. Yeah, look at look at me. I made it. And how am I going to let you know? Well, it could be things that you wear. It could be the things that you drive, you know. All right, I'm watching this video of... Uh, let me fast forward to... Oh, this... Jesus. Yeah. Is that all his hair? Is he wearing a scarf? I don't know what the fuck he's doing. That's the craziest look I've ever that's seen. That's not, that's not, that's a wolf man. He looks like Sasquatch. He truly, David Allen Coe, Tennessee Whiskey. This is why, like, we're like, oh, should we video this episode? We're like, nah, this is one because this is a reference point. David Allen yeah, Coe the... in a peach and impeach embroidered and rhinestoned jumpsuit <laughs> with and the hair. hair. That... Hair looks like it looks like Marianne from Gilligan's Island turned into a werewolf. <laughs> I mean, it's the craziest look I've ever seen on a uh, performer. Like, and yeah. that's like let's not. Most of these guys probably called somebody a faggot that day. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah. And He's, then this, he, like, I don't want no queers coming to my show. Anyway, where's my peach jumpsuit, <laughs> rhinestone jumpsuit? <laughs> yeah, dude. That's insane. But, um, that, but the, the, just to realize, like, as an example of how close-knit country and rap are in mm-hmm. the messages of the music of like we're outlaws yeah you know it, like right it, now it's all overproduced co- to the point where it does sound the same they're all using like the same beats and samples and studio equipment mm-hmm. to make the music sound the same but like over yeah. the top looks flaunting your wealth songs about Come from poverty yeah, come from poverty, so it's songs about making it, and you know what you like. Or, well, I mean, I guess country music would disingenuously sing about how they lost everything, but then still sing it in an outfit like this. Fuck, that's yeah. his hair, dude. Yeah, that's. Let me that's get another insane. angle. It that's looks for the people hair. listening. It looks like. It looks like nine wigs. It looks like he harvested the hair of 15 different Eastern Airline flight attendants from 1968. Well, the thing, too, it's not that it's it's not just that the hair's long, even though it is. His hair's about goes down to his waist. But then up top, he's actually got a do. He's got bangs and kind of a uh, that southern middle aged woman uh, teased up do. So like he's a got the do. Cap. Yeah, yeah, he's got a coonskin cap hairdo. But then he's got three feet of hair uh, flowing beneath that on top it's of high, the it's peach high and low. rhinestone. Yeah, I mean that's insane. 
And plus, he's got a, got a huge beard. I mean, yeah, he looks like the Wolfman. And there's a the, bongo the, player in here. Oh, yeah. Because when I think he, of David Allen the, Coe, I think of bongos. Was he, was he like, uh, I mean, I could see that a lot of these, like, uh, when we'd all go and say, woe's a different time. But were, were these guys yeah. that were kind of still, like, real dyed in the wool? Like, because, like... Didn't Waylon Jennings? Didn't some of those folks kind of really get into pills and kind of turn into hippies? <laughs> kind of get into pills, yeah. In the well, 70s? not kind of, but like uh, kind of turned into hippies. Like got a little more mellow with acid and everything, and kind of yeah. I don't know about Waylon with the counterculture. Then, well, that was line. kind of the uh, yeah. That was kind of the the whole thing with the outlaw country movement in the seventies was. Uh, Willie Nelson kind of started that, and Waylon too, but when Willie talks about when he started, and he never really called it outlaw country, but when, not to bore you with all his history, but early in his career, he was in Nashville, just just doing the real bland, polished oh, yeah, 60s don't, Nashville don't, stuff. Don't burden this podcast with any facts, Dave. We definitely need to hear about <laughs> treadmills and baby back ribs more. <laughs> <laughs> but in the, uh, in the mid-70s, he moved to Austin, Texas, and started doing his own thing. He grew his hair out and grew the beard out and started playing the music he wanted to play, and that attracted two major groups. It attracted the rednecks and the hippies. And, like, he was the first artist whose crowd was kind of a, a mixture uh, before those those two demographics were never at the same show or event. But uh, a lot of hippies and rednecks started uh, joining on to his sound, and uh, that kind of spawned the whole outlaw country movement where, you know, a little bit of that, that hippie ideology mixed in with country music where everybody's doing pills and smoking dope and you know it wasn't just that straight laced uh you know buzz cut early george jones vibe that yeah. uh, a lot of country had back then well, did, anyway, did we talk was. did we talk last time about the zz top documentary i don't or think so we, but but you, we did can you, i did you see it yeah of course i've seen it twice i love zz what? top well, that's I like them too, but I mean I like them from being a kid in the eighties, like cool car, boobs, like you know that Z yeah. top. But I didn't realize how much they were kind of like bucking the trend of Texas oh, music yeah. at, mm-hmm. in the seventies when they were coming up. Yeah, I think they get more of the psychedelic rap. scene. Yeah. I think a lot of people remember them from their eighties albums, which had a bunch of hits and was good, but you know, it was still a little goofy with, you know, the furry guitars and all the hot rods and tits everywhere. But like mm-hmm. those first three or four albums in the 70s, just just dirty blues rock. Just they were <laughs> legit. Somebody told me, I, fuck, who told me this story about how it was? It was like Al Jorgensen or somebody from Ministry or one of those like weird goth techno 80s bands like once they found out that zz top used the same like music synthesizer on the eliminator album as they were using that they threw it in the parking lot and ran it over with their car (laughs) (laughs) that seems about right (laughs) which in retrospect just makes them look like children and zz top look like oh yeah we found some new stuff so we changed our sound and adapted, whereas these like, yeah, man, don't don't look as don't look at punk rock as a model of sustainability. Anybody, 
Yeah. Follow these rules and never change. Holy shit, that sounds like the military. No, it's actually hardcore. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh boy! Well, Dave, you want to? I mean, we put the boogie in Boogie Monster. We did no monster. We did all boogie. All boogie, no monster. <laughs> Sometimes the episodes <laughs> go that way. Well, I, I wanted to talk. I mean, well, you had things you'd sent me about UFOs. I've been watching. Uh, today, I started watching the the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, which is very good. And maybe that'll be the next episode. We'll do a classic ufo bit because i think we're getting the close encounters of the fifth kind i'll, I'll implore you to watch that dave and i'll watch the clip okay. you sent me and maybe that's what where's discuss. it at that is, is on, that amazon, on netflix or? amazon prime amazon man yeah. i started watching something on netflix i only i only got into like 10 minutes before i got distracted and had to go do something else but there's a new series on netflix i think i think maybe it's called alien worlds and it looks really good i think a lot of it is kind of hypothetical like what aliens might look like and behave like on different planets, but uh, a lot of good CGI. It looked really good. And it made me think of this question that I've never really thought about before. And I'm I'm sure they go more into it on that documentary. But I just thought of this. When we think of aliens, or when I think of aliens, you know, we, I've got the idea of like, you know, the grays or, or the, or the whomever, you know, we've talked about the Mm -hmm. different species and the different stuff. But one thing I've never really thought about if let's say we go one day, we, we go to another planet where there's alien life. Yeah. Just like earth, earth isn't inhabited just by one form of life, humans. There's Mm -hmm. literally tens of thousands of different species, you know, animals and whatnot. Yeah. Like David Allen, that just kind of, (laughs) <laughs> that kind of blew my mind to think about, oh, what if we went to a different planet and, yeah, there was humanoid aliens that were kind of uh, top of the food chain, much like the humans on Earth. But then, oh, yeah, there's 10,000 other weird little a- alien animals and fish and all birds and all kinds of shit floating around. <laughs> we land and they're like, that would be these cool. dipshits are over here talking to the gerbils. <laughs> gerbils yeah, they, ain't going to talk even... back to you, dum-dums. These aren't the advanced species that you want to talk to. This guy yeah, got, a, this guy got a goldfish in one hand and a ham sandwich in the other hand, thinking he's having a conversation. Fucking idiots. <laughs> but yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't believe I've never really thought of that before, because I always just think of the singular you know, species of aliens on, on whatever planet, but then think about just the thousands of other animals. Or the, hell, they probably don't even call them animals. They, they probably even got fish. They're floating in some other thing. I don't know. They're just, it's all octopus. Octopus yes. finally lives longer than a year. Well, okay. That I'll make a case for that Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind because they really go into, um, first off, the how aliens, like the, the idea of Space Force being put, and then Reagan. I'm also watching, I, we started last night watching the Reagan Oh yeah, the series on I the saw Reagans. the first episode. I saw that that's first about what, episode. That's what that's we watched last. Uh, yeah, maybe the second mm-hmm. one last night. But so just about his rise to power, and then this documentary includes a statement where where Reagan makes about how 
maybe the idea of like a one world government, here's your new world order, order conspiracies, that it'll happen once we have an opposing force that opposes Earth, not just us fighting each other, but an outside force. So just how all these agencies are trying to paint any kind of alien existence as an enemy to create uh-huh. um, a one world order. Mm-hmm. Like using Unity. that, like basically them saying, we know aliens exist. We can't paint it as them being benign because we need to use it to create this one world order. And if you want to, that's a whole other wormhole to go down. But it's a very, at least for, for my brain, it's a well-worded and well, everybody's very well-spoken in this documentary mm-hmm. about how that's wrong. We have no idea if they're villainous because if they are, they're already more advanced than us. If they wanted to destroy us, we'd be, the one guy put it, he's like, we'd be a, a smear of pink dust floating through the universe mm-hmm. if they wanted to destroy us. Mm-hmm. So that's probably not the case. And also they go into like, and this is where I'm really just, in the deep end as far as what I can comprehend, but the quantum physics of just how the travel is possible. Mm -hmm. Like you have, they go like they kind of in very layman's terms, meaning I even kind of understood it, which if you can say it and I understand it, good job Uh (laughs) about how the travel is possible because it's interdimensional because They'd have to be traveling faster than the speed of light at the way they've averted our, you know, detection and methods of trying to shoot them down. There's some footage in there, whether you want to believe it or not, of, of like uh, UFO averting uh, some sort of Earth laser. Now I sound like everybody I want to make fun of on this shit. But <laughs> they just basically explained how, like, it travels at the speed of thought. Hmm. And that's a weird idea. And I'm not going to articulate it because I got a big whiskey in me. And, uh, but just how that's what quantum physics is. It's not traveling at the speed of light. It's traveling at a different idea of what a dimension is. It's not the third dimension where something goes from point A to point B through the, through these dimensions we see. It's uh-huh. going through like the way how ESP could exist. And how mm-hmm. there's the Japanese scientist about how they used emotions to change the shape of like water molecules. Huh. And that's that that's real. That like, oh, here's the idea of hope. And they you know, put the have somebody put the idea of hope through this glass of water and it would change the shape of the yeah. molecules in the water. And if it was the idea of anger or something, that idea, that emotion would cause chaos in the shape of the water molecules. Anyway, go watch this documentary if you want a far better explanation than what I'm offering. <laughs> but it, it like it got me excited again. We both watch enough of this shit where it seems like the same thing over and over again. And this one got me like excited. So That's cool. Yeah, that's some M&Ms uh, that I had left in my bathroom for a long time. There you go. Yeah. Well, t- Toilet snack. Rachel told me I had to hide them. They're from a Halloween a couple years ago. She said I had to hide them so she wouldn't <laughs> eat them. So I hid them in my bathroom. And then I broke them out. I didn't say anything. She's like, these taste fucking gross. Where were these? And I'm like, I don't want to tell you. And then we had an M&M taste test where we got fresh M&Ms. And then these uh, Halloween M&Ms that have been in 
uh, a bathroom for about a year. And she could plane or peanut. Plane, plane. That's yeah. why if they were peanut, I wouldn't have to hide them because she's allergic, so she couldn't eat them. Ah. Uh. Mm. Peanut M Ms, they're out wherever you want. Plain M Ms, hide them in the shitter. Man, am I? Sorry. This is how fat I am. Sometimes when I eat peanut M Ms, I'm like, this is kind of healthy. It's peanuts. It's got, it's it's got that good like fat hidden beneath the bad fat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, um, I'm with you, dude. Peanuts changing gears a little bit, um. We've made, you know, we talk a lot about <clears throat> liquor on this uh, podcast. We're both fans of the the whiskey and the bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, she got me. I for Christmas. I feel like I know what I'm doing in the kitchen. I, I know I know f- some food. I don't know anything about liquor or whiskey or bourbon. I know what I like, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I don't. I can't articulate why this one's better than the other or whatnot. My father-in-law, my soon-to-be father-in-law, he got me a nice bottle of whiskey. I think it's whiskey, not bourbon. And it's a brand I never heard of. Uh, Calumet, 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 mm-hmm. C-A-L-U-M-E-T. Holy shit! And then I know this isn't you know you're not supposed to do this when someone gets you a gift, but. You know, the ease of the, the internet. I'm like, let me Google this and see how much this shit goes. It's like $130 a bottle. I just I just did what you did. I just did what you did yeah. with, a bottle of, with a bottle of scotch that, that you got me. Dude. And, I mean, there's a reason I've never had this kind of stuff. I, I don't, you know. To me, top shelf is the black label of Jim Beam that cost 18 mm-hmm. bucks as opposed to the regular that cost 11 that's that's yeah, me getting yeah. fancy. Yeah, maybe you're having hundred thirty dollar. Yeah, dude, this shit is so good, and I'm kind of bad timing that now I'm trying to lay off the booze in the new year. But uh, I put a dent in it uh, up until then. But holy shit, man, I've I've never had good liquor. I mean, I think one time, I think at a at a club, I had a um, uh, a tab. It was like a thirty dollar tab. tab and then like tabs, I didn't use that's it. That's not good liquor. That's just diet soda, Dave. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I got a. Uh, uh, I spent a my whole tab. I still make them. Oh, there you go. Sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> I uh, I spent my whole tab on one shot of Johnny Walker Blue one time, and that was that was yeah. pretty good. That, that was exciting. But other than that, I don't think I've ever had like a drink of a hundred dollar bottle of a uh, liquor. And uh, boy. Calumet, I guess that's, I, I can't pronounce I, shit. I think I, I, I always, I did the same thing with like, you know, Chicago is just basically, especially doing comedy, like starting comedy, like you just drank Jameson. It was like somebody shook your hand. Uh-huh. Actually, not to take that away from a, what is allegedly called the Chicago handshake, which is an old style and a shot of Malort. But Malort, huh. Malort is like one of those things where you go to a town and somebody punches you in the face and like, that's just what we do here. And they're like, no, you don't have to do that. Nobody has <laughs> what to is drink Malort. Malort. Is it's, that a whiskey? It's not. It's its own thing. Okay. It's its own booze that for some reason Chicago decided to adopt. And it's one of those, it's basically just a hazing ritual. And anybody who drinks it recreationally is incorrect. 
as a person, you're incorrect. Um, but you know, James and all that, and I think, and like I, my introduction to tequila was Jose Cuervo Gold, which is uh huh horrid. Um, and like all booze had to taste like a punishment, you know. That's why you drink it in a shot yeah. and you drink it fast. And then uh-huh. my cousin got me like a good, not even like a fancy shot of tequila one night, but just a good, just not Jose Cuervo Gold, something like, uh huh, like Eridora or something silver. Yeah. And I drank it. And I was like, oh, I don't feel like I'm gonna die. Or I'm trying to lick the bottom of my shoe right after just to get the flavor out of my mouth. Yeah. And that's where I was like, oh, there is a difference. There is a huge difference. And mm-hmm. so like with whiskeys and stuff, and she got me nice little glasses to go with. Ooh. She got me a nice. McAllen scotch for for my birthday. And so we yeah, that's that supposed to Christmas. be Christmas. And it is. I don't think I've like ever had that, it. but I, I hear people it's, talk about it. Dave, when, when one of these days when we get to be together again. We're gonna get ourselves a nice a nice bottle of drink. And we're gonna have it. Sounds good. And it's Sounds I was gonna I was, I was pouring some whiskey tonight for this. She's like, why don't you have that one? I'm like, that's for like special. That's for like 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 playing a record. Yeah. It's not for something <laughs> that you're drinking on the side just to get to a destination. Like, no, this is what I'm doing, is having this glass of this yeah. drink. And I want my attention devoted to that. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, I, when I first when I first cracked open that nice bottle that he got me, uh, my instinct was to uh, to do like a whiskey coke, and then no. I caught myself like, "Whoa, what are you doing, idiot? Don't don't put anything else in this." <laughs> and then I just yeah. uh, occasionally I'll, I I that's my preferred. I, I like a Jack and Coke, but uh, I call mm-hmm. it Jack, but you know bourbon and Coke. But uh, occasionally I will just do it on the rocks, and boy, the the good stuff like that is is perfect for that. Like it doesn't need anything else. We did. I got uh, for this. I got the the big ice cubes. So you get like one big or the or the spheres. Oh, yo, I like those. And that's you nice mean the balls? Not, yeah, like a ball or like a, it's like a big like two by two by two inch cube. I also uh-huh. have that now, and that's better because yeah. then you're not. Um, I know people say like, oh, the water, like the melting, and that's mixing. Whatever. I still don't mind the ice melting in a drink. But it's not so much surface area of a bunch of little cubes melting quick. It's one yeah. big, um, yeah, one big entity. Which, yeah, and I get yeah, that I, with the with the ice melting. But for me, it's a temperature thing. I I don't like room temperature liquor. You know, I want I want it to be a little bit cold. On. So, a little chill on it, girl. Dude, before we get out of here, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I did for Christmas. I want to hear now. No, this is this is the big money shot of the podcast, Dave. Dude, what did you make for Christmas? Dude, I <laughs> on these big meals like this, these holiday meals, like I actually had. I, I would dream about some of these dishes. <laughs> I had a dream, and like I start mentally preparing myself weeks in advance. Like I've been working, I've been brainstorming this meal ever since Thanksgiving ended. And I think I talked about it on the Boogie Monster. It may have been the Dave's Kitchen bonus episode where I had I had my whole menu planned out. I was going to do smoked chicken. I was going to do fried okra. I was going to make two different mm-hmm. barbecue sauces. About a week before uh, Christmas, I just, I just changed my mind. And uh, oh boy, 
was it a good decision? I went okay. with a do you, do you want to hear the main dish or the side dishes first? The main course or the side dishes? I feel like side di- give me the accompanying acts. Okay. Give uh, me the backup see, singers. One, introduce the backup two. singers, then you introduce the main. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what, I'll go completely. On, ba- I'll go on bass guitar. Who is playing bass guitar on this meal? <clears throat> bass Okay. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go backwards. Uh, for dessert, I made two homemade chocolate pecan pies. Oh, boy. Couple, I don't know how guys? you feel about pecan pie. I love uh, it. I, th- I, I feel some like Some people it's... don't like it. I love it. It feels like it's an ingredient for something else. Yeah. Like the gel, the yeah, gel, it's like a slice of just gel. Yeah. The goop. That's the uh that's the corn syrup, the the Cairo syrup. Anyway, uh one thing I don't like about pecan pie, most people's pecan pie. I love pecans, but most pecan pies are made with the pecan halves. Just a whole and, and to me that's a lot. That's a big bite. That's that's asking a lot of your teeth, especially for the older people at your holiday, to just bite in. You got a whole pie made of these giant pecan halves. So I, the way I do it is I, I either buy them chopped up or I buy the halves and then chop them up myself. But so my You're pie. so tired of chewing by dessert. Yeah, exactly. So I have the little, the, the chopped pecans, little, little bitty pieces, still the same amount, but just, you know, different format. So chocolate pecan pie. Phenomenal, uh, just incredible. Uh, so much so I made part? two. Where, where the chocolate part come in? <clears throat> chocolate chips. That's it. And chocolate. Oh, it's not. It's, so it's not in the. It. It's not in the gel. It's not in the viscous underbelly of the pecan pie. No, it's in there. It, it, it's not on top. It's not like a topping. It's just you put the chocolate chips into the mix while you're making it, and then when you bake it, the chocolate melts and, and distributes evenly all throughout the pie. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, okay. Um, I made two of them, and I don't know what what I was thinking, but I made two, and we ate most of the one, and then when we're cleaning up, I saw that we had a whole extra pie, and I, I was very ashamed of myself. My natural instinct would be like, fuck yeah, we're going to take that down over the next couple days. I panicked. I said, oh shit, we got too much pie. I'm, I'm going to give it to my neighbor. So I gave a whole chocolate pecan pie to my neighbor, and then Katie's like, "Wait, what did you just do?" I was like, "I gave I gave so and so that extra pie," and she's like, "What the hell did you do that for?" So then the next day, I walked to the store, bought the ingredients, and made another pie. I made I made well, a made three pies. It's a season of she, giving. She got real I pissed. Think, yeah, I don't. I think you just made something so delicious. She was angry it was gone. But yeah, you shared, yeah, she was you like, "What the generosity?" Doing? Well, that was my part of my logic, but I don't know why I just thought like, oh, we'll never eat all this. And she was like, the hell we won't. I'll take it down tonight. And she, she got like, like actually angry that I gave away an entire pie. That was just proof of your your skill and your good nature. Dave. That's all it is. So, yeah. So I I walked to the store and made another pie the next day. Uh, anyway, so chocolate pecan pie, uh, my my biscuits, my 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 classic Dave's biscuits. Uh, I did uh, in my in my in my uh, cookbook. I have an alternate version instead of Cheddar Bay biscuits. I call them Cheddar Dave. <laughs> uh, but I make my version of of Ooh, Red Lobster Cheddar, cheddar Bay biscuits. 
Just my standard biscuit. I add a little uh, Old Bay seasoning, a uh, little garlic powder in there, and uh, oh boy, it, and, and some mm-hmm. cheese. Uh, so cheese in the mix and cheese on top of the uh, biscuits. So cheddar oh, cheddar cheese biscuits. Uh, three side dishes. I made a homemade broccoli cheese rice casserole. Holy okay. shit. Nothing fancy, but just dude, dude. Easy broccoli cheese man. casserole. Oh my God. I could eat that whole pan as a meal. Like it was, it was so damn good. Just, just broccoli, cheddar cheese, some rice, some garlic, some onions, some spices, some sour cream. Oh my God. Dude, what kind of cheese insane. you put in there? Cheddar, little, little cheddar cheese. And yeah. uh, boy, it was just so good. I made uh, southern style green beans, um, let them simmer walk. for like eight hours. Yeah, walk me through. I, uh, I, I came up with a new technique that I'm ashamed that I wasn't aware of beforehand. All right. And this is, this is going to change my world in, in regards to beans. I got a new way to do beans, Kyle. <laughs> and, and this could be any kind of bean. It's going to change it my world green bean. in regards to beans. <laughs> it really the is. The world according this to is beans. So okay. Here's, here's the thing. And I'm ashamed that it took me this long to figure this out. All right. But I am always a fan of using ham hocks. In my beans, whether we're talking butter beans, whether we're talking red beans and rice, uh, I use ham hocks in my chili. Here's the thing, though. What's the hock? What part is the hock? The hock is the ankle, the ankle of the pig. And uh, you can usually buy them pre-smoked. They smoke them. They they package them. And it's it's such a good little tool for for cooking beans. I like telling the doctor what's wrong with me in terms of food terms. So if I ever get them, I'm like, I'm a hock. I got a sore hock. What you know? My <laughs> Here's the thing. Takes about my takes about two uh, <laughs> takes about two hours to cook a pot of beans, right? On average, depending on what type of beans you are. I always use ham hocks, and I I do that because it imparts a lot of flavor. But to really cook a ham hock, you're talking five, six, seven hours. So every time I use ham hocks in my beans. I feel like I'm getting some of that flavor, but at the end, when the beans are done, that ham hock is still undercooked in that you can't use any of that meat. I'm just using the hock to get some flavor infused into the beans. But to to cook that hock long enough to where that meat starts to get tender and fall off the bone, and then you can, you can eat that meat into the beans, takes about six hours. So here's what I did, okay? And I know some experienced chefs are like, no shit, dummy. But that's the beauty of cooking. Just like records, there's always something new to get into and something new to mm-hmm. learn. I did everything but the beans. I had my, my chicken stock. I used chicken stock instead of water. So I had a big pot, started off with some sauteed onions and garlic, put the chicken stock in, put in all my seasonings and spices, then put the ham hock in, no beans, just the, just the spices broth and, and, the, and the ham hock. Let that shit simmer for about six or seven hours mm-hmm. to where that meat is all tender and falling off the bone. And now it's incorporated into the broth and the stew, the soup, whatever you want to call it. Then I put the beans in, cook those for two hours, and boom. By the time the beans are done, I got all that ham hock has all fallen off the bone and, and is a corporate. Oh, dude. These southern style green beans. Just got some fresh green beans and snapped them. You know, you, you snap the ends off, cut them in half, 
And like I said, get the broth and the ham hocks going for hours and hours. You can't really overcook it. Just just let. And then by the time the beans get into that little stew, by the time the beans get into the party, it's Flavor City, buddy. It's lights out. <laughs> These are the best goddamn green beans I've ever had in my life. By the time the beans get into the party. Oh, dude, it was a good time. All right. One, one more side dish. This is one of my favorite ways to do a potato, and I often forget about it because mashed potatoes are so easy. I usually do mashed potatoes. Sometimes I'll do mm-hmm. roasted potatoes. I did a twice-baked potato. Everybody at the meal got their own big-ass twice-baked potato. So great. Baked potato like you normally would. Yeah. Bake it. Yeah. Scrape it out. You bake, bake it like it you normally again. would. Yeah, but you, you, you pull up about 20 minutes shy. It usually takes about an hour to cook one, to bake one. You bake Refill it for about 40 minutes. the carcass minutes. of the potato. Yep. With its yep. own innards. Spoon out. Scrambled up. Oh. And throw in some cheese, some sour cream, some green onions, some sautéed garlic, some uh, paprika, some Cajun seasoning. Mix all that shit up and put it back in. Top it with some shredded cheddar. Throw it in the oven for about 15, 20 minutes. Boom. And uh, that presentation-wise, that was nice. That everybody's like, "Oh, I got, I got my own huge potato." Good times there. All right, now those are the sides and the dessert and the bread, all leading up to the star of the show, the headliner of the show. I bought an eight-pound Black Angus dry-aged USDA Prime rib roast, bone-in rib roast. Prime oh, rib. Man. The thing with prime, prime rib is, fancy. you know, that's the name of the dish, but most prime rib is not prime. Most of it's USDA choice. It's still very Sub-prime, good, but like I, got a mortgage. A, <laughs> I got a prime prime rib, three bones, eight pounds. I smoked that sucker for about three hours. Holy shit. Literally, I know I say this a lot, maybe the best piece of meat I've ever had, Kyle. Smoke Here's what I did. Rib. I got, a, I got a good deal on one through the mail. Shout out to wildforksfoods.com. Great deals on prime beef. I'm, I'm going to do it again soon. I'm just waiting. Maybe Super Bowl, I'll make another prime rib. But here's what I did. I, uh, I made, <clears throat> instead of just making a rub, I made like a, uh, a paste. So I took some raw chopped garlic. I chopped up some fresh thyme and rosemary. I think I even had a little uh, sage in there. So some fresh herbs, some fresh garlic um, into a bowl, then some olive oil, mix all that together like a paste. Then I put my rub ingredients. I put a little, little salt, pepper. Oh, I got smoked sea salt, by the way. Just adding more smoky flavor. So smoked sea salt, uh, fresh ground pepper, a um, little paprika, a little Cajun seasoning, fresh herbs, fresh garlic, olive oil, all mixed together like a paste. And then I slathered that bastard with that paste. And I let that sit in the fridge for 24 hours before I cooked it. Then uh, we had our big meal on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve morning, take it out, throw it on the smoker for about three hours, let it rest for about another hour, sliced it at the table, presentation style. Dude. Ooh. I mean, it like... And you could tell, uh, we had her dad and her two nephews over, just like Thanksgiving. And you could tell they were all like, holy shit. Like, that's, that's the beauty of cooking. You talk about the pressure of cooking a good meal, a big meal. And it is pressure. Like, this is Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, whatever it is. If I, yeah. if I fuck this up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck up their whole experience. It's everybody's special day. 
dude. It's it like was being special. a stand up though. It's like being a stand up. People like decide like this is what I'm doing with my Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, you got to deliver. You can't go up there and bomb. And oh, man, boy, that dis- I mean, that description. It was insane. Okay. It like, was insane. I'm still wondering on whether I should have like eat meat once <laughs> in a while, but I don't think I can handle. Like, I don't think I can just like ride that edge. Man, I think it'd be. All I made a whiskey peppercorn and, uh, sauce. Fuck. Made a whiskey peppercorn sauce on top of it. Just uh, a little whiskey, a uh, little Dijon mustard, uh, some salt and pepper, a little heavy cream. It was real subtle, but just added like a perfect little compliment to the meat. And not only, so that's the thing too, like it's kind of obvious, but like the better the ingredients, the better the final product. But like to really like a USDA prime black Angus dry aged rib roast, bone in rib roast, like, this is like one of the best pieces of meat you can buy. Other than if you want to get all fancy with like the the wagyu and the Kobe and stuff like that. But as far as like just regular American beef, USDA Prime, and you get an eight pound rib roast with the bones in. Oh, dude! And then when I served it, I cut the bones off. And then now I've got three. Well, not now, but in the moment. Now, not only do I have a big ass prime rib, I got three huge smoked beef ribs to go with it. So I, I didn't serve those. I Those yeah, were for so me. The beef the right day. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it was insane. Like, it was the, the prime rib with the green beans and the casserole and the Like, I was proud of this one. Uh, this was this one of some of my finer work, Kyle. And it Dave, was just, The way you just talked about it had a little bit of a phone sex vibe. like i think you could have a business like harken back to the old days of like 900 numbers but it's you talking about meals i think you could do like a phone like phone food phone i don't know i don't know how to market it yet but let me i'll get back to you dave because i think there's We'll, we'll figure it out it's not quite ASMR of listening to somebody eat but somebody describing food in a very horny manner not to say your emotions are horny right now, Dave, but you're excited. Oh, they are. And you're passionate oh, about I'm, what I'm, you did. I'm worked up. Yeah. Not tr- not Dude, traditionally and- horny. You're food horny. Yeah. Food Got porn. Food, food porn's a word. But who yeah. are the food pornographers? You're a food pornographer. <laughs> Smut peddler. Dude, and then the yeah. next day or two, mm-hmm. uh, was it the next morning? So maybe, much maybe diarrhea. Two later. Uh, little, little prime rib and eggs. Had a couple of uh, uh, over medium eggs, little little slice of that prime rib. Get out of here, man! Get out of my face! Oh, dude, it was it was really it was a Christmas miracle. It was a good time. That sounds it sounds scrumptious. Yeah, man, dude, you ever you ever get back on the meat train? You let me know, buddy. I'll smoke you a goddamn prime rib. I'll make you a damn tray of. I Brooklyn feel well. I feel like that's the thing. If I, I'm going to do it, it's got to be special occasions. Mm-hmm. Either either it's like a waste issue. Like if it's going to go in the trash, I'm going to I'll take care of it around here. Like it's something that you know mentioned that Rachel can't eat or it's got like allergens in it or something she can't have. Or it was just sausage pizza because it was like we got all the sausage. It's going to go to waste. It's going to go bad. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have that on a Chicago style pizza I make myself, and it was great. But then yeah. the very next day, I was just full, like cannibal like i gotta have it again so (laughs) 
But, oh, boy. Uh, that sounds was, great, man. It was really good. It was really smoked it over uh, a combination of apple and hickory wood. And, man, just so much flavor. It was just, it really, I mean, I know we joke about, you know, how I hype this shit up. But, like, it was, I mean, it was possibly the best meal I've ever had. I mean, just a, a regular yeah. old prime rib. A regular prime rib is great. But, man, when you go when you go prime and then you put that the right seasoning on it and then you smoke it instead of throwing it in the oven, oh, my God, it was, it was next level. It was a good time. I'm going to go well, jack off right now. I'm yeah. I'm spent from the description. Mm-hmm. I think we need to bounce. I think this was a great way to welcome in the new year. Yeah, positive, good, positive vibes, good meals. Treat yourself well, everybody. And then we'll talk about UFOs next week. <laughs> Buddy, good catching up. I'm glad you had a good holiday season. Hell yeah, man! You too, man. Oh yeah, we'll belated happy birthday. Oh well. Oh, uh, real quick, I uh, want to plug uh, end of the year best of lists every year in the comedy world. Trampoline on a di- trampoline in a ditch. I said on a ditch. Trampoline in a ditch. How well, many? I know you don't keep up with this shit. But every year end list I saw had had Calcanane on it. So congrats to it, that, buddy. It popped up. How about how many vinyls you got left? Why don't we talk about that? <laughs> oh yeah, my uh, my my album's finally on vinyl, so that's cool. Taking pre-orders now. I think we're almost sold out of the first batch, but I'm going to get my own stash here when they come out. So if you didn't snag one yet, I will. Uh, I'll sell you well, one out of my stash. So yeah, that's cool. Supply. Let's get them orders in, everybody. <laughs> make them. Make them print yeah. more of them. Yeah, this is something just kind of came out of nowhere. Just some small label uh, reached out to me a few months ago and was like, hey, big fan of you and your comedy. You ever thought about putting it on vinyl? It's like, dude, I've always wanted. I tried to do it when that album initially came out, but working with that label was like going to cost me a bunch of money. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to mess with that. But this just kind of fell in my lap. And um, yeah, going to be on co- two different color variants. We got uh, Burnt Orange and Biscuit Brown. And uh, new liner notes, some new uh, liner note art and stuff. So, yeah, it should be pretty rad. And those will be, if you pre-ordered one, uh, those should be in your mailbox around February sometime. Um, and what's the, um, I know the name of the label, but I want to make sure I get the uh, the website Devil correct. Devil something, uh, little vampires something? Future Vampire Club. Let me see if that's, uh, that's the name of the label. Yeah. Let me see if that's the uh, the website here. Um, yeah. FutureVampireClub.com. I think there's a few of this uh, first pressing uh, still available. And uh, like I said, if you didn't get one, uh, I'll have about 100 of my own copies that I'll start selling uh, when they come out in February. So, yeah, man. That's that a nice uh, little Christmas gift to myself there. I didn't uh, oh, yeah. didn't really expect... I, 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 I'm in a weird place comedically now because I got, I got this... I need a new hour. I need a new album to put out. And I've got an hour but shit who knows when i'll ever get to record that thing so in the meantime uh, a reissue there you go why not well we'll get back to it i gotta bounce right now gotta get over the family zoom call weekly family zoom call started a few <laughs> minutes ago um yeah get over there buddy sound sounds good man we're back in it man 2021 yeah man Trudge 2021 <laughs> all right buddy we'll catch you next week Hell yeah. 
the Boogie Monster. Network.